0: I invite you to open your Bibles with me again to the book of Colossians, Paul's letter to the little church, well, we don't know how little, to the church in the little town of Colossae in the middle of Asia Minor. And we're going to read in chapter 3, verses 18 down through verse 21. Colossians 3, 18 to 21. Wives, Be subject to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be embittered against them. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing in the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children, that they may not lose heart. Now, keep your finger there and flip back to Ephesians chapter. 6, and I'll read the first three verses because it's especially children we're addressing this evening. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1, 2, and 3. And in a similar vein, the Apostle Paul writes to this church, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. Let's come to God and ask that he would bless our study in his word, bless this, that the children of this congregation and all who are listening in uh, this evening around the world, that all may live long on the earth, but not only so, but these children may gain eternal life with you, with the Lord forever. Let's pray. Oh, Father, as we have read these verses, your direction to children, we ask that you would speak to the hearts of children this evening, that they may not only live long on this earth, but live long with you eternally, forever, in your presence with joy, pardoned of sin, made new creatures in the new heavens and new earth after the day of resurrection. Oh, Lord, this is our earnest desire and plea that you would use your word to that end. Open every ear, ears of parents, ears of children. Open our ears to hear your word. May your spirit take it home from the ear, through the mind, to the heart, and may it bear much fruit. We ask through our Savior Jesus, through his merits and blood. Amen. So this evening, we continue our CQFS, COVID Quarantine Family Seminar. As we're studying back in Colossians, these four verses, which are Paul's directions to the families in the church there in Colossae. He dealt with wives, and we saw a few weeks ago, the basic duty of Christian wives is be subject to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And then we considered, in the second place, for a couple of weeks, that responsibility of husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Go back to that again and again. What does God want you to do? Love her, and do not be embittered against her. Now we come, in the third place, to children. And what is God's will for children? As we go through these, it's interesting to note that God deals with children before he comes to fathers, and the same thing in the passage in Ephesians. Uh, There's a lot to say about the duty of fathers. In fact, uh, fathers and parents in general, mothers and fathers, have a great responsibility, and how the children obey... How the children do their responsibility depends in a large measure on how well the fathers do their responsibility, but he addresses the children first. And so that's what we're going to do. And so kids, this sermon's for you, all right? So, you know, you come to church week after week, or now you sit there with your screen in front of you, whatever size that screen is, and you have your service at home, uh, and you have to sit there while the preacher seems to talk over your head. Well, I'm going to try my best not to talk over your head, but to talk straight to you kids, to your hearts. This is for you, all right? So, uh, but, you know, I can't help but say, before I get to you, kids, I have something to say to your parents. I want you to hear it too. So we're going to start out with some words to parents as a preface to what I want to say to your kids, parents. And then when we come to kids, we're going to ask a lot of questions. I like to use uh, the method of understanding the Bible of what I call interrogating the text. We're going to ask questions of the passage, Uh, who, what, uh, what else? Uh, whom, to what extent, and why, okay? So those are the questions, and you'll see them when you get to them. But then, of course, some concluding remarks. Well, let me start out then with the parents, okay? Kids, this is for your parents, but I want you to hear it too. First of all, notice parents, this letter was read in a church, but there were kids there. And so what I take out of that is that parents... Your kids ought to be in church your kids ought to be in what i called when i was a a little boy big church and i remember when i graduated from nursery uh, to go to big church with my parents and sit there for the the hour or whatever it was and and i didn't measure the time as a kid but uh, to go to big church was a big deal well parents you know, we're, we're not coming to the church building at present. But when we can, when it's safe, bring your kids. And while you're there at home, have them sit with you. Not playing their, on their phones, not you know doodling away, but listening to the sermon. Because as Paul was going through this letter, he didn't say, okay, now call your kids from the nursery, call your kids from the mall, call them from wherever they are outside, this is for them. He, he assumed they were there. And so, parents, have your kids listening to the sermons week by week and help them and and I and kids let me say this to you as a preacher I, I try my best I don't always do it well but to include you and get your attention and tell you God's word has something for you too and especially today but then I want to also say to parents God here commands your children obey your parents. That implies parents, you are giving them direction. He tells them here, it's well pleasing in the Lord. He tells them in Ephesians, obey your parents in the Lord. That means parents, you're instructing them as to what God's word has to say to them. It puts a lot of burden on parents for me to say, children, be obedient to your parents. Parents. Give them God's word that they need to obey. Now, notice again here uh, in Ephesians, uh, that's why I read the passage, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 said, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Here it says it's well pleasing in the Lord. Uh, That means parents, you are to teach them, train them, not just worldly wisdom, But teach them at home family devotions. Give them the Bible. Don't teach them to lie. Don't teach them uh, corrupt practices. Don't teach them to complain about the preaching. You know, I think to myself, sometimes parents go home and they say, well, you know, the preacher, this, that, and the other thing. And the kids, we had a saying when I was growing up, little pitchers have big ears, you know, the the little milk pitcher has a big, big handle on it. Little kids, they're listening. And when you're complaining and running down the church, they're thinking, oh yeah, that church really stinks. Don't teach them that. Teach them to obey in the Lord. Okay, now that, kids, I had to say that to your parents. But now the rest of the sermon is for you. All right? So the rest of the sermon tonight, parents listen to. I'm not, you know, just like I told the kids to listen when maybe the majority was for the parents. I want the parents to listen now when the majority is for the kids because there's going to be something for you in here as well. All right, so the questions. We come now to the text back in Colossians 3. And we first of all ask the question, who? Who is being addressed? Who is the one that's being commanded here. All right? And so it says, right, the first verse, the first word in the verse, children. Colossians 3.20, children. And so what we're dealing with here is children, that is minor children living under the roof of their parents, still dependent on their parents, maybe in a college dorm, but they're still dependent on their parents, maybe their teens... But still, children, not independent, not having a job, not out of the house, not married and setting up a new household. Children, dependent children. Now, of course, there are commands that deal with all of us because, you know, I think everybody here has parents. Everybody I'm talking to didn't just appear out of the blue. You weren't dropped out out of the sky we all have parents and so the bible does tell us to honor our parents and that's different depending on your age so kids you don't ever graduate from honoring your parents Uh, we have my, my parents are both still alive and i thank god for that and we seek to honor them but the way you honor 90 year old parents is different from the way you honor them when you're a child we honor them by making sure that we call them regularly, make sure that they're taking their blood pressure medications and uh, making sure that that everything's all right, that they're cared for. Uh, 25-year-olds, you're still, t- even you have a job, you're independent, still honor your parents, you call them up and make sure they're okay, you you communicate regularly, uh, send them birthday cards, Christmas cards, whatever else. <laughs> That's a way of honoring them. You take care of them in a way. 30-year-olds, bring your kids to the grandparents or, or call them on Skype for now while we can't be, bring them there. Uh, there are different ways you honor them. But now, especially, the who is dealing with minor children. Children. He's talking about those who are still in dependency. So from age zero up to the, the time you leave the house, have your job, and you're independent. That's... When you are to do what? And that's the next question. What is the command? What are you to do, children? Secondly, what? Be obedient. Obey your parents. All right? So what does God tell you to do? Here's what God's saying to all you kids. Obey. Obey your parents. What does that mean? Well, it means you do what they tell you to do simply, right? That's pretty clear, I would hope. You do what they tell you to do, all right? So uh, pick up your toys, uh, turn off the TV, uh, no more computer games, clean up your bedroom, make your bed, help wash the dishes, take out the garbage, uh, you know, all of those things that parents tell their children. Stop talking so loud, uh, do your homework. uh, And by the way, kids... Your parents don't need a chapter and a verse in the Bible to tell you what to do. They don't need to say, okay, here it is in Hezekiah chapter 6, verse 1, pick up your toys. It's enough that the Bible says that you are to obey your parents. They tell you to do something, you do it. Alright. That's their authority. Ephesians, excuse me, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother. Honor them, obey them. Now, it means you do what they tell you to do, but secondly, it means you don't do, get me, kids, you don't do what they tell you not to do. Don't fight with your brother. Don't take that toy outside. Don't, don't, don't have ice cream before dinner. Don't do this or that. When they say stop, it means stop. When they say don't, you don't even start. Right? Obey. Do what they tell you to do. Don't do what they tell you not to do. Okay? That's pretty simple. How do you do it? Well, you do it, and I have four words for adverbs. Do it promptly, not slowly, not tomorrow, not next week, not 10 minutes from now, not... You do it. I remember a song our kids had when, when they were smaller. I will obey the first time I'm told. I will obey right away. I will obey. The first time I've told to delay is to disobey. All right, kids. I don't know if that song's still floating around. Is it out there? It's out there. I got a nod from one parent here uh, who's with us. In fact, Pastor Shazad, who's led earlier. That song's still around. Well, it. You know, I don't know what my my kids sang it. So I guess they weren't rebelling against singing it. But I get the point. To delay is to disobey. Now, parents, let's be, let's be understanding. Sometimes a child is in the middle of something and they just want to finish it. Well, what's the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Or as you would that men should do unto you, do you also likewise unto them. So if you wouldn't want somebody to interrupt right when you're in the middle of something, and if they say, five minutes, please, Mom... If it's reasonable, okay, five minutes. But kids, listen to me. If your parents graciously give you five minutes, don't take ten. If you say, let me just finish this, and then you go on to the next and the next, that's, that's not obeying. All right? Promptly, to delay is to disobey. Now, if you're like me, kids... Uh, I don't know about you, but I was forgetful from the day I was born. I didn't get forgetful when I got old. You can just ask my mother. Uh, Yeah, Uh, I was a forgetful boy. And so if I said, I'll do it in five minutes, and then I always forgot. Kids, you know yourself. Just do it right away because you know you're going to forget. All right, so promptly... The second thing, kids, when you're going to obey, how do you do it? You obey universally, not just when you feel like it, not just when it fits your plans, not just when it's easy, like your mother says to you, all right, finish that ice cream. Sure, mom, no problem. You know, okay, it's an easy command to obey, then that's easy. But when it's against your will, when it's something that doesn't fit your plans, you're in the middle of playing with something and your mom says, it's time to pick it up. I've told you that it's such and such a time. We have to go. So pick it up, put it away. Mom, mom. Obey even when it goes against your will. Why? Because it's your parents who have authority. That's where we started this whole CF, what did I say, CQFS, with authority. Parents have authority. Father, the husband has authority, especially. Obey universally. They have the authority. But then, thirdly, obey freely. Obey freely. This is not a trade deal. You're not going to say to your mom and dad, okay, I'll obey if. I'll do my homework if you give me this. I'll do that for you if you make me my special dessert. No, no negotiations, no trade bargaining. Just do it. Do it freely. And then lastly, okay, so promptly, universally, freely, my last word, obey, cheerfully, Cheerfully. Do all things, another favorite verse in our house, and there was a song with this too, uh, do all things without grumbling or complaining or disputing. Uh, you know, some kids, you know, they stick out the lip, mm, oh my, if I have to. Uh, no, that's not obedience that, that's pleasing unto the Lord. You, know, you do it without moaning, without whining. Cheerful obedience. Listen to me, kids, it's good for you it's much better to do it cheerfully than grumbling and complaining and moaning and groaning. Proverbs 17:22. And if you want to turn there, I'm going to turn there so I'll give you a couple seconds to do it too. Proverbs 17:22. A joyful heart there's another song that goes with this. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. So you know, you, you're going to do it with a broken spirit. Oh, if I got to, I got to. All right. Hey, it's not good for you. It's going to dry up your bones if you do it in that manner. But if you do it cheerfully, who are you making happy? Well, number one, you're, do, you're making yourself happy because you've got to do it anyway. You might as well be happy about it as miserable. And secondly, your mom and dad are going to be happy about it because when they see you with a smile, say, Okay, mom, sure, dad. That's, that makes a parent just, ah, what a kid, what a kid, what a son, what a daughter. Oh, I'm so blessed. You're, you're making them happy, you're making yourself happy, but here in this text, and we're going to come back to this, it's well-pleasing in the Lord. It's much better. What do you have to lose if you do it cheerfully? Well, you have to lose your miserable mood, that's <laughs> you get rid of that the sooner the better. You have to maybe lose your pride because you thought your way was best. No, you'll get rid of your pride and you're better off without that. It's better just do it cheerfully. So promptly, universally, freely, cheerfully. That's how you obey. And I guess that could have been another question how I yeah, maybe I'll make another point out of that. So make that another point Add that to your outline. Another question, how? All right, now, anyway, we come up to another what? And I didn't know how to do this in my outline, so I added it, what else? Okay, so in going back to Colossians 3, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Be obedient to your parents in the Lord for this is well pleasing in the, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing in the Lord. I'm mixing Ephesians and Colossians in my quoting. All right, so going back, Ephesians 3.20, be obedient. Now that's all it says, but we know that the commandment that is at the root of this among the Ten Commandments says, children, honor your father and your mother. And so wrapped up kind of in a package with this word be obedient or obey is the word honor honor or respect now respect your parents we read that in Ephesians 6 2 which is the first commandment with a promise that your days that it may go well with you that your days may be long on the earth now what again what does it mean to honor them well to respect them means Treat them as valuable. Uh, the Greek word here is a word which is, uh, has to do with value, with honor uh it ha- it's your parents are precious to you in other words and you treat them as precious with your whole attention and love they're worthy of that they're worthy of your obedience now let's uh, it helps for me to think of things by their opposite what's the opposite of honoring your parents well the opposite is dishonoring or disrespecting we all know what that means to disrespect disrespect is to disregard to treat with contempt to look down on uh, and it's more common perhaps among teenagers than on, among younger children but it's amazing that a high school sophomore thinks he or she knows much more than mom who's lived you know 20 30 30, 30 40 50 years longer and you think you know more Let's be reasonable. Maybe you know more about calculus or biology because you just took it and they forgot more than you ever learned. Uh, But they know a lot more about life than you've gained in your 15 years. Disrespect. How is that displayed honoring your parents? Well, honoring your parents is displayed by humble submission it's displayed by, instead of speaking ill of them, speaking respectfully about them to others. You know, it's it's sad to hear children, teens, high school students speaking ill of their parents, but it's common. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Kids get together and they talk about their parents uh, in in the Philippines, they have slang terms uh, for father, they uh, pater, they reverse it, erpat. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, that's uh, Filipino slang perhaps, but it's a disrespectful way of speaking about parents. My dad is this. You know, my my mom is so ignorant. My dad is so strict. And they run down their parents to their peers. Now, I hope Kids here at Trinity Baptist Church, and I'm thinking of your faces as I speak. I'm thinking of the families sitting in the congregation. I can only imagine. But don't do it. I hope you could say, honestly, my mom loves me so much. My dad cares for me so much and is willing to drop his plans on a Saturday and do something with me. My mom and dad love me so much. You know, you complain about your parents. I have the greatest parents. Now, your parents aren't perfect. But I know that they're trying their best to raise you in the right way, to love you, and to make sure that you go in the path of life without going astray. And so, kids, as you talk about your parents, speak respectfully. Honor them in your words. Honor them in your attitudes. Honor them in your obedience. Now, let me be honest. I, I put this in here because I didn't know where else to say it. Kids, honestly, in this world, there are some terrible parents there are indulgent parents who just let their kids get away with anything. Very bad plan. And I hope you don't envy the kids who get away with any anything and everything. Because really, they're miserable. It's best for you to know the limits, to know the, bond, the bounds. And I think you can, if you're honest, you'll say, those kids who are allowed to do anything, they get away with murder, they are ill-behaved, they are self-centered, and ultimately they are miserable. And you know it. You can see it in them. Well, that's the kid who was never spanked. Oh, that explains everything. There are kids who have parents who are absent, never in the picture. Maybe it's a broken home. Maybe some of you have only one parent in your home, but it's a Christian parent. And you can thank God for that. But some kids grow up with no parents as good as gone. That's not a good system. Some parents are abusive, whether verbally. You're so stupid and ignorant. Where did I get such a kid as you? I hope you would never hear such from a parent in this church abusive verbally or even physically. Some parents are like that. Some parents are emotionally demanding, looking to their children to meet their needs, which is a draining thing for any child. But kids, your parents, though they are not perfect, they are here... They are seeking under God to raise you. They're seeking to live according to His Word. You have, and I trust this is true in the families in this church, you have a Christian home. It is so much better than what they have in the world. Be thankful. Respect your parents. Honor them. You are blessed. I hope you know it. To grow up in a Christian home. Happy the home when love is there. When joy fills every breast. When one their wish and one their prayer. One their heavenly rest. Dear children, be thankful and honor your Christian parents. As imperfect as they are. Yes, we make mistakes. And we grieve over them. Honor your parents. Obey them. What else? Honor. Well, obey. The what else was honor. Now we come to the next question, which is the question, whom? Whom do you obey? Looking back at our text. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things. So children is the who. The what is be obedient. The how is, of course, how we said how to obey. And then the what else is honor them. Now we come to the next question, which is whom? Whom do you obey? Children, be obedient to your parents. Now, it's pretty obvious that you don't have to obey everybody in the world. You have to obey your parents, though. Your parents. Other parents, you know... They tell you pick up your toys, you look at them and say, huh, you're not my dad. Uh, obey your parents. Now, if your parents have a babysitter or someone who is uh, delegated to have you for a time, such as teachers, Sunday school teachers, Uh, You come to church, respect your pastors. There are others who are in authority. So respect, honor, obey your parents, but by extension, obey everyone who has a legitimate place of authority. Let me say this. Parents, just a little side note to you all. Children learn obedience at home. Is it any wonder that society is crumbling when people disregard authority in the police, in the government, in, in places, even you go to the store and they ask you to wear a mask and they break the arm of the store attendant? What is that? No respect for authority. Our society is crumbling because children are not learning at home. Submission to proper authority. There is authority in society. Romans 13, 1. There is no... Excuse me, the beginning of the verse. Let every person be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Submission to authority in society... To policemen, to governing authorities, to pastors in church, submission to authority is learned in the home. And when it's not taught at home, woe be to that society. Parents, teach it. Children, obey your parents. And by extension, everyone in legitimate positions of authority, Teachers, Sunday school teachers, policemen, etc. Obey legitimate authority. Now, the next question is this. To what extent do I obey? Now, earlier I just alluded to this. You obey universally. But let me draw that out here because the text does. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things. So again... That gives parents the authority in all things over their own children. It's not the state's responsibility to raise children, it's the parent's responsibility. And so, that's why children, you're to obey your parents in all things, because in all things, they are your Authorities Now, of course, and I, I have to put in an exception here again because society is crumbling, there are some parents who are criminally negligent, in which case the state may need to step in. We acknowledge that, uh, that it's for the protection of children, that because some parents have so either abdicated their responsibility or abused their authority to the detriment, to the wounding, to the harm of children. And of course, it's a tricky matter who's going to say when that happens. But it happens, and you know it. And so... Sometimes the state does have to take kids out of one of these. I'm not saying dysfunctional, I'm saying evilly functioning homes for the safety of those children. But dear kids, and let me, let me say this, because I know who know, oh, I don't know who's out there. And maybe someone's listening to this who has an abusive father, or maybe you're in a foster home. But let me tell you, there's a Father in heaven who knows how to nourish and cherish and care for his children. And you can come to him and know him, a perfect Father who has tender compassion on his children in their weakness. You can come to him through his Son, Jesus Christ, loving Son and a loving Father. Come to them for pardon of your sins for healing of your wounds, and they will receive you. So yes, there's an exception, but, but we go on, in all things. What does that mean? Obey them in all things. Regarding home, regarding school, regarding your room, regarding your food, regarding your behavior, regarding your attitude. Obey them, again, in all things, but you say, well, wait a minute, what what if they tell you to do something that's contrary to God's word? Well, we all know that God is a higher authority than your parents. So if your parents tell you to lie, you respectfully honor them, and you say, I must obey God. I hope, again, in this church, no parent would teach their children, tell their children, command their children to do something contrary to God's word. And so, kids, that's an exception that doesn't alter the rule. If ever you think that's the case, it puts you in a very difficult spot, children, young people. I would say approach a pastor and ask counsel, discreetly, respectfully, without dishonoring your parents. But I hope, having said this in a way publicly, no one, no young person, child in this church will feel compelled because you're not commanded to do anything in violation of the Scriptures. All right, now we come in the last place then to the question, why? Why? A question why? And that's also in the text. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing in the Lord. It's well-pleasing. Now, actually, when we include Ephesians, which is why I read that passage, we can add two more reasons for why you ought to obey your parents. But let's start here in Colossians. Obey your parents in all things for, here's the reason, here's a motivating factor, it's well-pleasing in the Lord, in His sight. It's more. It's well-pleasing to Him. It's well-pleasing in the context of His church. It's pleasing to Him. Now, of course, it pleases your parents, as I said earlier. It makes you happy as well. But, uh, you know, again, kids, when you do something to please your parents, you know, you, maybe you go out of your way and you do even something extra. Yeah, your mom says, wash the dishes, and you wash them and dry them and put them away. And you see her smile. Isn't that, doesn't that give you joy as well? Well, think about this when you obey your parents in all things, not only does it make them happy, but in a sense, as this text tells us, it's well-pleasing in the Lord. The Lord himself takes delight. The God of heaven takes delight to see you obey. Not that you earn his favor. Not that you earn salvation. We're not talking works religion. We're talking about Pleasing a father in heaven. It's well-pleasing. You can never earn God's favor, kids. You can never do enough chores to make God forgive your sins. Jesus is the only one who can do that with his death on the cross. Taking God's wrath for your sin if you trust in him. That's the only way to have your sin forgiven. But you trust him, what does the song say? Your kids have sung it. Trust and. Obey. For there's no other way. To be happy. In Jesus. Trust first. Believe in Jesus first. That's where it starts. And obey. And you'll be happy. Your parents will be happy. And it's pleasing. Unto the father in heaven. Now. That's one good reason. It's pleasing to God. Secondly, going back to the Ephesians passage, Ephesians 6.1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord for, okay, another reason, this is right. It's just plain right. You might say that's a natural reason. But it's just right. Think about it. Your kids give you, excuse me, kids, your parents give you, all right, they give you food, I don't know what you ate tonight or what you got cooking. Your mom's got cooking up. Uh, maybe it's Shravatfel. You know what shrivatfel is? We have that every now and then. That's leftovers spelled backwards. Shravatfel sounds better. All right. Uh, maybe that's what it is. But you got good food every day. Your bellies are... you got clothes. Maybe you're there in your jammies today. I, I hope not by this time of day. you're, you're, you're You've been up and at it. Whatever clothes, you got clothes in your closet. Lots of them. How many pairs of shoes? Your parents have given you all these things. They care for you. It's only right that you obey them and honor them. It's right. Even unbelievers know that. Even you go to pagan lands out in the jungle and the kids know they have to obey their parents—it's just naturally right. But then the third reason here in Ephesians, and going back to Exodus chapter twenty, to the that um, fifth commandment: honor your father and mother. Quoting from Ephesians six two, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. It's good for you. It's a better life if you obey your parents. It's a better life if you take their instruction like the father in the book of Proverbs. Solomon says to his kids, son, listen to your father. Obey my instruction to keep from the way of death. Whether your life is short or long in the land, this is not an absolute promise that you'll live to be 90, that you won't die of COVID at 20. It's not an absolute promise. It's a general principle. But it, there's a promise in that general principle that, and you can average it out. You can look at it. You know from your experience. You know from people you've known that those who live God's way have a healthier happier longer life it's just obvious now let me give you an illustration kids all right so here's a kid illustration i hope you can relate to maybe you've heard the story of the gingerbread boy You ever hear the story of the gingerbread boy? The gingerbread boy uh, had a big head. and Gingerbread boys generally tend to do, if you've cut them out, the cookie cutter has got a big head. Well, this gingerbread boy got it into his big head that he knew more than his mom and dad, and he ran away from home. And they chased after him. And he came to a river. And he didn't want to submit. He didn't want to obey. And there was a fox at the river. And the fox says, you want to go over the river? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on my back. I'll take you over the river. Hmm. What big teeth you have, Mr. Fox. So he says, sure. And he climbs on the fox's back. And the fox swims out into the river. The water rises as the fox gets in lower in the water. So he climbs further up. The fox is back. He climbs up on the fox's neck. And the water is rising and the fox is growing lower in the water. He climbs up on the fox's head. He climbs on the fox's nose. And with a little flip, the gingerbread boy goes across the river in the fox's belly. Now, it's moral to the story. (laughs) It's not good to rebel and disobey and run away. The moral is, you won't live long that way. That's a children's story. Let's take a Bible story. I think of a rebellious son in the Bible. There are several. I think of one, Absalom. And sadly, his father David was somewhat may we say absent, somewhat indulgent, somewhat given to, giving in to Absalom, never rebuked him, never crossed his plans. And without going into the long story, what happened to Absalom? He ended up rebelling against his father. And he ended up with his long, beautiful hair caught in a tree and a spear through his heart. He did not live long in the land. Illustrations. But real illustrations. Of course, gingerbread boy, a story. Absalom, very real. If you're rebellious, you go your own way. You do your own thing. You know better. I'm going to do what I want to do because it feels good i'm going to obey the dictates of my lusts and not the commands of my father and my mother who love me it's the way of death the way that seems right to a man but the end is the way of death young people don't be foolish Don't think you know more than mom and dad. Don't think they're old dinosaurs with their fuddy-duddy religion. It's God's Word. The God who made you and gives you life and breath and all things appeals to you as to sons. Children, obey your parents, for this is right. And it may be well with you. But you know, just to live long in the land is more is not enough there's something more your parents desire for you and that is that you have eternal life that is That whatever length of days God gives you here on this earth, whether your life may be tragically snuffed out in an accident, in a COVID case, in the hospital, whatever may be, however many days it is, that the circle will be unbroken. That you'll meet in glory. That you'll be together forever in the new heavens and new earth singing the praise of the Lamb with joy, with gladness, forevermore in the presence of the Savior. That's what your parents long for for you. Now, they can't command you to believe. They can tell you to believe, but only God gives the gift of faith. We lay the foundation. We tell you of the Savior. And we appeal to you. Come to the Savior. Not only that it may be well with you here, that's good, it's not good enough. Not only that your days may be long here, but that you may live forever pardoned, accepted, freely forgiven of all your sins and transgressions against parents and everybody else, against God's law, through the merit that is the good work, not of you, but of Jesus, through his death and suffering, not yours, he took the cross that you might take the crown. And so this is what your parents desire. And so as we conclude this evening, what is God's word to you kids? Very simple. (laughs) A lot easier said than done. But it's something you need to be learning. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things. For this is well-pleasing in the Lord. Again, simply, it's for your best. It's for your best here. But if you come to their Savior, it's for your good forever. And I know that some of you may be forced by your parents to sit and listen to this sermon. And maybe you're sitting there with your arms crossed, And that stern look on your face, setting your face like flint. I'm not going to let it get to me. Who are you hurting? You're hurting yourself. To go on in rebellion, listen to me. To go on seeking your own way. The way that seems right to a man is the way of death. And as I look at a camera this evening, I'm thinking of faces of young people that I've come to know here at this church, little kids there in that vacation bible school pre kindergarten class that i helped in i'm thinking of your faces all the way up some of the ones who attend at trinity christian school that i've addressed in the chapel and yes you know who i'm talking about you were there in the chapel hour some of you who are homeschooled i'm thinking of your faces don't rebel don't don't be Stiff-necked. Don't think you know more. Maybe you do know more about a couple of things because you just studied it and I forgot it a long time ago. But here is the word of the living God who comes to you, addresses you as sons. Do not harden your heart. Do not be stiff-necked. The way of rebellion He hardens his heart, his neck. It's going to suddenly be broken. We had this morning communicated to us of a 90-year-old man who went home to be with the Lord. And he was truly a fulfillment of this in the fact that maybe not as a child, but ultimately he came to be obedient to the Lord. And he did live long on this earth. 90 years. But there was also a younger man, much younger, who sadly went in the way of stubbornness and rebellion to the grief of his parents. And I speak this with great compassion, knowing the parents are likely listening. And they and I would spare you that you not end up like that. But rather, sweet young people, giving joy to your parents, giving joy to your pastors, even to the Father in heaven who rejoices greatly when one sheep is found, when one son returns, and there's feasting and joy in heaven. And so, dear children of Trinity Baptist Church and all those kids out there who are listening and tuning into this service, some of you I don't know, but some of you I do know. And I can say, for especially the kids here in this church, I miss seeing your faces. I miss having you come through the door and giving me a hug or or shaking my hand or thank you, pastor. Or I understood that. I, I, I miss seeing you. And all the pastors do. We love you. And we would spare you. And we would see you with us in glory. Don't delay. Come to the Savior even now. That it may be well with you forever. That's his promise. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven... We thank you that you do give us family directions. You do give us instruction for how to order our homes. Instructions to husbands, to wives, to children, to parents. But these are only words on the page if we do not take them to heart. We ask that by your Spirit you would take them through our ears to our heads that we we would understand them but take them to our hearts that they would convert and change and mold and shape and direct and move our feet in paths of obedience. We pray for the kids tonight. Oh Father, have mercy. We do plead with you that every son, daughter, young and old of members of this church would be turned from the path of destruction and brought to that celestial city in the path of life through the narrow gate, the gate of repentance and faith. Oh, Father, hear our cry. And bless the families of this church. Bless those kids who have heard this sermon. May they delight to obey. And may their parents delight to teach them. Oh, Father, forgive us parents for our failings. But overlook them and in spite of them, mold our children in the way they should go. And so we plead to you for the children of Trinity Baptist Church. Hear us for their sake, for your name's sake, for your glory's sake. We plead through Jesus, your Son, our Savior. Amen.